Hello, hello. You found us again on Boomerangs. This is Ruth. And this is Mike. Today, we have a couple of things to talk about. One is Mike has watched The Vow. That's a series on HBO Max about Nexium, the mm-hmm. nefarious sex cult. Right. We both watched Borat, subsequent oh, yeah. movie film. Yeah. I wanted to check in with you just for a beat about the debate. Oh, sure. There's something else I sent you a memo about, and now I don't remember what that was. Oh, Jeffrey Tubin. Dear, dear Jeffrey. Oh. So the debate, the debate, the debate. I wasn't even sure I was going to watch. I started and I didn't feel flutters. I didn't feel anxiety. I figured whatever it was going to be was going to be. I didn't have any control over it. So I just watched it as an objective observer. Mm -hmm. I still find Donald Trump's lies very difficult to take. Yeah. Especially when he's talking about the coronavirus and how we're turning a corner on it. Any forum that paints him as legitimate is trouble. I agree. There they were. And they said what they said. I felt that someone else's description that Trump lost the first debate and Biden won the second one was Mm, accurate. That's clever. I heard, too, that the real winner of of the second debate was the moderator. Yeah, she did a great job. And she was brilliant. Christine Welker. I wasn't sure if she was a woman of color or not. It turns out she is. She's black. Mm -hmm. Identifies as black. She has to be black because... Oh, Maya Rudolph played her. Maya Rudolph played her on Saturday Night Live, (laughs) so she must be black. She does play white women sometimes. (laughs) So I guess that's enough said about that. No reason to go on about it. I guess not. Hey, I voted today in person. Did you? In person? It was great. It was so much fun. And it worked, you know? And I voted... I found it a very gratifying experience when I took my little ballot out of my car, went to the little ballot box Mm -hmm. and and shoved it in. And then I did that on Friday night. Uh And today I got a notification that my ballot had been received and would be counted. Great, great, great. Yeah, that's, it's amazing what they can do with computers now. That's so super. Never have I felt greater. Pressure isn't really the right word, but wait, the weight mm-hmm. of voting for me was palpable. Yeah. Did I tell you our the location for this was LA Valley College? No, get out of here. Monarch Hall in LA Valley College. Yeah, no, it was fun, you know, and it's so funny. I mean, I'm a Californian, so my vote really is irrelevant. I know. But it still just felt good to have been given an opportunity to push back, you know. To make ourselves heard. Yeah, and to say, no, pussy grabber in chief will not do. We're not going to do that anymore. I think there has to be a huge push to get rid of the Electoral College. I know. I hope if the Democrats take over, they'll push for that. I really think it's so important. This is ridiculous. It's very important. I am so tired of living in a non-democracy that touts itself as a democracy. Well, knowing that our vote doesn't count for anything is is really non-democratic. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. It's got to change. Yeah. I don't know if it's going to take, does that require a whole redo of the constitution, like an amendment to the constitution? I think it would have to be an amendment and I think it would take 51 I don't think it would take 60. Oh, uh, well, that sounds doable. That's one thing this election has made really clear is that the Republicans at this point can only win by cheating. And that's why, like in so many states, they've got all these lawsuits to try to lower the voting rate, keep people from being able to vote at the curb. What was that in Alabama? They had a measure where you could vote from your car. They said no. Yes, and they ruled that out for people who were like me, infirm and who are- Infirm or just just COVID nervous, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's just so clear. That's the only recourse they have now is trying to suppress the vote. 
They can't win yes. by making their case for where they want to take the country. It doesn't make sense to me that we don't have a national policy of voting. Yeah. We should have a national way of voting. Everybody should vote with the same kind of machines or paper ballots mm -hmm. or whatever it is because it's yeah. state by state. And right. that's what makes it so messed up. Yeah, we. I think we have to accept as a country the fact that this division into states was useful when we founded ourselves and all of that. And it was important to have different jurisdictions that could do things differently. And I'm not saying do away with states altogether, because then what would we be? The United States of America. But <laughs> I think we need to acknowledge that technology and society have changed in such a way that these divisions are artificial and anti-democratic. Well, can we talk about Jeffrey Tubin? Sure. Do you know his name is now a verb? Oh, I mean, if you, tubiting. If, if you masturbate on Zoom, you, you've been tubiting? You're oh. tubiting, yes. <laughs> the way I heard about it was that Jeffrey Tubin, who was a CNN legal expert and contributor to The New Yorker on a regular basis. Oh, wow. It was on a Zoom call with his New Yorker colleagues, one of whom is Masha Gessen, a very famous Russian journalist who, who writes about the free press for obvious reasons, and Jane Mayer, who is an exalted journalist, who was one of the people who broke the Harvey Weinstein story with Ronan Farrow. She was mm -hmm. on the call. Just the top roster of right. New Yorker people, and right. they were doing a mock-up of what could happen if various scenarios took place at election time. Mm -hmm. Masha Gessen was playing Trump. Jeffrey Tubin was representing the courts. And there was a breakaway session. Tubin thought that he had muted his microphone and clicked off of Zoom. He turned to another computer that had a conversation going with some woman and proceeded to masturbate in front of all of the rest of his friends, rabbits, and relations. Yeah, And then his associates looked on in horror once they realized what was going on, but he turned back to them afterward as if nothing had happened, yeah. not realizing what he had exposed of himself. Right. Poor choice of words, but you know what I yeah. mean. Yeah, yeah, I get it. And this is the piece of it I don't know, how he learned what had happened. Mm -hmm. If someone said, oh, Jeffrey, by the way, or if they all waited until afterward, it turned out the description of it was in Vice magazine. So that may have been where he learned about it. He never apologized for actually masturbating in front of his colleagues. He said, mm -hmm. oh, I thought I thought I the had video was turned off. Exactly. He said it was embarrassing and it was some word that means cringe inducing. He has a distinguished career, mm -hmm. but I don't believe he can claw himself back from this kind of humiliation. I don't feel that strongly about him. I respected him. I was very interested in his writings. Mm -hmm. and I didn't see him as a CNN personality because I just don't watch that cable channel. But, you know, you think about, okay, so he made this mistake. Mm -hmm. he made a mistake. You could say it was an honest mistake. You could say mm -hmm. it was maybe not an honest mistake. Having been married to someone who had issues around these kinds of things, you do wonder if someone wants to get caught. I totally agree with you. At the same time, I don't even know if the analysis needs to go that deep. I think it's just certain mistakes wreck you. Whether that's fair or not, I don't know. Well, but I mean, you, yes. he's supposed to be a professional. So a professional journalist doesn't jerk off in front of his computer at the same time that he's having a Zoom meeting, whether he thinks his camera is on or off. I would it's say just that's professionally true. disqualifying. 
obviously he is in the grips of something that he can't control. Apparently. When I heard about it at first, you know, they were couching it in these terms of he exposed himself to his mm -hmm. colleagues. That's what I thought. Maybe he's sitting around the whole, his house naked. And I thought, well, that's not so bad. People do that. But then, yeah, then it came that he was actually busy. <laughs> <laughs> very, very busy. Yeah. With someone else, apparently, on the other side of the screen. I wonder if he used a flashlight like they had in Borat, which I know <laughs> we're going to speak about later. Should we just go roll right into Borat? into Borat? Did you see the first one? I did see the first one, and I just loved it. I loved it, loved it, loved it. The scene that stands out, so much stands out in my mind, but when he shit into a bag, when he was the guest of a, a very ladylike Southern woman who had invited him to a dinner party. Oh yeah, she was a manners goes, expert. Maybe so, maybe so. I think so. she was a manners expert. But he came downstairs with it in a bag and <laughs> was trying to give it to her. And she was like, oh, no, no, no. And the, <laughs> the scene in this one that, that reminded me of was the scene where Tuta had masturbated in the women's bathroom and came in to talk to the Republican women's oh, right. forum the discovery. about it. Yeah. <laughs> Take off your panties. <laughs> your hand will not be eaten. <laughs> I love him. I love the fact that it's childish junior high school almost humor about body parts and things like that. But I like that he mixes that with social and political commentary. I think it's kind of a cool formula. It's brilliant the way he does it. And I mm -hmm. loved the young woman who played his daughter. Yep. I saw her interview today. I saw the two of them interviewed. Oh. On, well, I watched the YouTube. I think it was from a while back. Not too far back because the film just came out. And she, and she was just as adorable as she is in the movie. Does she yeah. have a Bulgarian accent? She does. She truly does. What? And you can tell she's so gaga about having arrived in this position of yeah. Hollywood interests. And very savvy. And he said they interviewed or auditioned 600 people. And that one of the strengths that she had was her ability to mix and converse and interact with these different types of American society figures, you know, uh -huh. rednecks and whatever, uh, debutantes and the whole thing. And she was so at home with this whole concept of punking these real life people. And she and was so game. Oh my God. Yeah. She was yeah. So, so willing. Yeah. My favorite thing in the old movie. I don't remember what happened in the plot to require this. But there's, there's one scene where he's gets in a fight with his, producer who oh, comes that's on the trip so with him. great and they're running around the and hotel they're running around <laughs> naked or maybe in their briefs no 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 no. they were naked they were totally naked. naked and they end up i think in the hotel room they're they're wrestling yes <laughs> but they're wrestling in a way that looks very sexual and <laughs> it's so silly i don't know why but it just cracked me up i loved the first one i screamed mm -hmm. laughed at it yeah all the way through in this one, though, I have to say the pinnacle for me was the fertility dance. Same. <laughs> I'm totally with you on that. I'm totally with you. I was so horrified and I couldn't stop laughing. <laughs> I was painfully And it's a lot to laugh when you're alone in your house yes, watching a film. it's true. You know, because there's something about the community of an audience that elicits a lot more of that. Oh, we could have done that Zoom thing where we watched we it together. We should have, yeah. We should have. Yeah. We should have next time. Yeah, the fertility dance was awesome. Um, I was disappointed by the Giuliani. I didn't think it was quite as creepy and criminating as I, I expected. I thought it was a lot of sound and fury signifying nothing, actually. Mm -hmm, it's just I a publicity he was, stunt. He's tucking in his shirt, although certainly if she had taken it a different direction, I have no doubt that he would have gone with it. 
what was really creepy, I thought, more than the shirt tail thing, was the way he called her my dear. Oh, that's lovely, my dear. Oh, that's very nice, my dear. And it reminded me of the wolf in Into the Woods. Hello, oh. little girl. It's so predatory. When you have a 70-something man with this 20-something beautiful young woman, and he goes, oh, da-da-da-da, my dear, my dear. That's well, he what also really kept putting up. his hand on her knee. He would sort of... Well, she put his on her, too. He did. She was, she was leading him. She yes, was definitely leading him. That's very true. The other episode that I found fascinating was the gay couple who were the rednecks. In were the they gay or weren't they? Well, Zoe tells me that they were a couple. Although one of the men had a wedding ring on and the other man, the, the man who seemed very atypical for a gay man, for me, right. who had the beard and he had a wedding band on. The other yep. man who seemed more identifiably gay, his hair was bleached, he had earrings. Right. He was wearing a wife beater t-shirt. Right, <laughs> right. Shorts. I kept looking at him and thinking, well, now he could be gay. They're not acting like a gay couple. I don't know. I mean, Zoe was certain that they were a couple. When I first saw them in the house, that was my first thought. But the more they talked, I just thought they... They couldn't possibly be, but it's true. They could be gay rednecks, I guess. They could be, <laughs> but the thing that surprised me- But he didn't me... talk to them about it. Wasn't it strange he didn't address that when he walked into their home? Unless he was afraid they would kill him for well, suggesting the, it. The other piece of what is so interesting to me is how somehow they got that camera person or producer or whoever was filming it into the house with them. Right. And my only thought on that was the cameraman says, this is a famous journalist, Borat from Kazakhstan, and we just want to document his interactions with Americans. May mm -hmm. we film you? And there's probably a lot that say no or afterwards don't give their permission. These guys did, but what was so strange about was they believed in QAnon. They believed that Hillary Clinton scared children so that their adrenal right. glands would secrete adrenaline and drank their blood. And drank and yet, their blood. And yet they were so invested in finding his daughter for him. They were. And when they're at the outdoor concert and they're really proud of him, there's a real affection yes. there. And that's a great part of the film is you see these people whose exteriors and views are horrifying. But he gets you past that and he says, he helps you see there's a real person in there somewhere. Not that I would want to know these people or necessarily get too close to them, especially if they're not gay and they're wanting to kill me. But <laughs> it's interesting what he does because he shows these people who just make your jaw drop. They're just so Such offensive. low information voters. They're so offensive. But somehow you see a little speck of humanity there too. Yes, it was quite a romp. He can't go any further with this. There's yeah. nowhere to go. Oh, I, I thought it was, true. I really liked it. I just no, loved I, it. It managed to be completely offensive, and yet it redeemed itself at the end. Mm-hmm, mm -hmm. Anywho, oh. now you watched The Vow. I did. I've been watching it this last week. I'm really liking it. I have to say, until today, which I watched the fourth episode, I really thought it was a dramatization made to look like a documentary because I oh. couldn't believe it was a true documentary, which it actually is, because I just didn't think they could get those people photographed so frequently and have him on camera so much. It seemed like all the access they had to these people seemed extensive. I couldn't believe they actually were able to 
film these real life people. So I thought it was a mockumentary, but not for humor's oh. sake. I thought it was a mockumentary based on reality. Oh, no. I think the thing that got me believing it was because Mark, the lead character in it, Mark and I think Sarah is the name. Oh, of yes, yes. He said he, that he was brought in to be a documentarian of the entire Oh, that's why. And he was he had made constantly film, filming what, them. Do we know? Oh, uh, okay, that makes sense. But it would be such interesting casting yeah. to cast that guy as Keith Ranieri. Yeah. Because he's such an atypical looking leader. Although a lot of what he says is compelling before you know. Absolutely. And I thought of you, did you think of yourself when they were talking about having those, I forget what they call them, stories that you tell yourself that you have to get over. You have to break through them. A lot of people have, it's almost like they have a sponsor like, relationship with someone. Yeah, like limiting beliefs or something like that. Yes. Oh was, yeah, no, it had shades of Christian science and it had definite shades of a past relationship I was in. Yeah. Oh. But also the brainwashing where you idealize the perpetrator and the perpetrator is very consciously, has already studied up on hypnosis and they're not just a natural, I mean, they are naturally charismatic, but there's method in what they're doing and it's hard to see that. And when you start to feel like something's not right, one of them that's finally out, Sarah, she's talking to one that's still in and trying to get her out. And she said, those feelings you're having that something's not right, those are important feelings. Those yeah. are human feelings. Yeah. You need to listen to those feelings. And boy, I have so much experience with hearing those voices and discounting them. Squashing them, yeah. Yeah. Me too. Until I'm you yelling. can't anymore. Finally, there's a breaking point for the lucky ones of us. There's a breaking point where even though we think we're wrong, we just can't keep going. Had they met Catherine Oxenberg? I think she is episode She's the mother four. of India. India. Yes. That I, that she just came in in this episode. Okay, so there's a lot more of her. Okay. Uh, and I heard that there's going to be a second season. A second season. season. I heard that too. Which... I don't know what that's going to be about. Maybe well, I don't know. I, I haven't gotten to the end of this one, but I'm, I imagine they go to his conviction, but maybe not. <laughs> maybe. I don't want to spoil it for no, you. I appreciate so that. that. I appreciate that. Um, I don't even know there... how many episodes are in this season. It's not nine. a whole lot. No, oh, nine. Yeah. Oh, I thought there were fewer. As more and more is revealed about Keith Ranieri and mm -hmm. how he operates and his own psychology being revealed and right. how maniacal he is, because in the first episodes, he doesn't seem maniacal. He seems no. very intelligent. Totally. And very eloquent. But boy, I think all those movements, including like Est and all those manipulating money-making schemes that are based on the idea of self-improvement. They really know how to zero in right away yeah. on your sense of, I have a dissatisfaction. I feel like there's something I want to do, more I want to do, but I just can't seem to get there. And yeah. they find that and they go for that. And these were all intelligent people. It's like, I think that Trumpism is a cult as well. Yeah. So you have to have somebody at the center of it who is so compelling that you will give your life for them, especially the women. You'll get into that later, but they are so rabidly loyal to him. Yeah, a core part of their identity is their loyalty. That's what they feel is valuable about them. Yes. So they can't let go of it. Yes, exactly. uh, One point that Sarah, the renegade, yeah. said in the episode I just watched was they don't recruit weak people. They recruit successful people oh. because that's yeah. who they want there to bring in the rest. That's right. And they want to recruit the highest echelon of people to bring in more money, to bring right. in more fame, right. to 
perpetuate itself. And there's a focus, like Scientology, there's a focus on celebrity. Yes, very much so. I never saw whatever show Allison Mack was in. But Smallville? I didn't either. Yeah, that's it, on, on the CW. But no. I guess that was a big enough credit that she was very attractive to them. And she so. was ripe for the picking. Oh, God, I watched the most blood-curdling scene today. It's a flashback where he's recruiting her. And he says, what really excites you? What What's experiences that you feel are pinnacle experiences? She says, well, it's around performance and art. She says, if I see a movie or see a piece of artwork, it can move me so much. She says, I feel such joy. And he says, well, you know, the joy is coming from you. It's not coming from the artwork. Couldn't you still have the joy and do away with the artwork? And she mm. literally starts to cry. Mm. And he says, why are you crying? And she says, I don't know. I just feel like I don't think I have it in me to create that joy without the artwork. Oh. So he takes something she loves and he turns it into some oh, into a week. Oh, it's yes. so dastardly. Well, he's another sociopath. Yeah. And, it is uh, kind of nice to see it when you're not the victim of it. And it, <laughs> it helps you kind of put things in place in your past. I'm glad you're watching it. It's yeah. fun to talk about. I'm enjoying it. Did we hit all our topics? I think we did. So it's time to say goodbye to our boomer friends. Yes. Goodbye and good luck. And oh boy, we're almost there. Yeah. Mm. By the time this is heard, which will be next Sunday. Right. It will be yeah. three days. Doesn't oh. seem possible. Well, bye-bye boomers. Stay safe. So long. Hang in there. We're almost there. Almost to the home stretch. Okay. Bye-bye. <laughs>